Welcome to uh, the, my journalism 301 podcast. I'll figure out a name for it in some. Uh, I'll figure out a name for it, I guess, after I record. Um, in the first episode, I'm going to talk about the my first week of class at the University of Kentucky amid the coronavirus pandemic. Um, and I guess I'll just start by saying it went a lot smoother than I expected. Um, wow, there's something like a train going on outside. Sorry. Um, no, so yeah, first day of class, you go in. Um, I didn't know what to expect, but uh, walking around campus, student center, everything, people were wearing their masks. Didn't seem like we had any issue there, although in the outdoor areas, um, there weren't, wasn't as much mask wearing as you probably would be ideal. But um, you know what? You're outside. You, you kind of expect that. Students are going to get annoyed wearing them all day, and I can understand if so they're going to take them off for a couple seconds outside where, you know, we've been told the risk is um, minimal compared to indoors. But no, once you walk into class, especially um, this class and the few others I've had in person, um, teachers have hand sanitizer, extra face masks, wipes at the front of the room, any amenity you would need to make yourself uh, feel as safe as possible to stay as clean as you can. Um, and then the, you got walk-in desks are, are spread out about a kind of high school style a little bit more because you got the six-foot um, rule. But no, um, it, smaller classes, it's, you know, it's all right. You walk in, sit down, you know. I mean, once you kind of get used to the fact that there's not people directly to the right and left of you, which I don't know. If for other people, but for me, I, I don't I don't mind not being overcrowded next to random people in class. That's nothing against them. It's just kind of you know personal thing. But um, and then yeah, I, you gotta wear the mask indoors, and it's annoying at first when you're trying to breathe, especially if you're wearing one of those thick cloth ones, which uh, I don't usually do. I like the um the the standard blue ones, a little little more airy, easier to breathe in. But you know, once you get past the arid the Initial, you know, breath baited annoyance. It's 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 a pretty meager task to have to wear a mask, and that's it. Um, so yeah, um, the mask wearing. I I th- I thought I might see more of it indoors. People like trying to argue that they didn't need to wear them, but then oh I don't know. Maybe college students are a bit more mature than um, adults on Twitter or the ones you see in videos fighting store managers about their their mask wearing rights. <laughs> um, and then in terms of just the rest of campus, you know, it's a little, it looked different, um, you, especially with, you can tell they've, they've capitalized on this, this time of not having as many students on campus by just completely overhauling whatever construction they needed to do. There's just, Jacob Science Building has construction, um, the Student Center has a ton of construction going on after they, what, it cost like, what, $200 million, they just built it two years ago, now they're already adding on, um, I guess with, with the plan that coronavirus goes away in a timely fashion and kids can return to the student center and other places um so yeah a lot of construction across campus um and actually you know a point raised by um i think it, it i can't remember someone in this specific class i think it was um how there might be some difficulty with impaired students or students in wheelchairs having to navigate across campus since um with the constru- with a lot of the construction going on in that jacob science builder jacob science building you know or not the Jacobs, uh, the engineering building. I forget what that's called. I've been misspeaking. Um, but that whole that whole area near, um, I guess Higlet, Huglet, 
Um, it can get difficult if you're, I guess, in a wheelchair to navigate. I mean, heck, I got lost. I had to turn around several times trying to get around certain buildings to go through, figure out where um, I was allowed to go with all the construction and stuff. So, but I guess it's a good thing, you know, that way, whether it's next semester, next fall, whenever the virus is um, officially passed by or, you know, died down a little bit, um, the construction should be done. I, I'm not going to assume it will be, but it should be done. And, and yeah, it's a, I guess... Do the construction while you have the um, extra time and less students on campus for an extended period of time. Um, and then I guess around campus, you know, the library, obviously, I walk through there is kind of depressing because that used to be just one of my favorite places on campus to hang out, you know, go study with some friends and just to hang out. It's a it's just a good academic environment, I suppose. Um, but no, you had you had chair you had you had those they usually have those long wood tables in there. You can probably fit what four people on each side. You get eight people to a table. Ten if you're gonna put people on the end. Five on a side if you really want to. You could have a big group come take up a table. Uh, no, not that this year. You got uh, about two chairs to those eight ten person tables. Um, socially distance everyone. I mean, walking through it's still the same library. It feels the same. It's it, it's quiet but kind of buzzing with people typing on their computers, writing down stuff, you know, chit-chatting, studying with each other. Um, but it, it definitely is a little more spaced out and different. And they didn't have the public computers open, which um, I don't know if there's a, another computer lab on campus that they, that students who need to use a computer can use. Um, I guess I'd be curious to see how they would handle that or if there's other computers available. I'm sure there are. I just uh, didn't see any on first glance. Uh, and then I guess the... I did like they set up these um these pavilion style uh tents kind of around campus near the dining areas and stuff because at Champions Kitchen and, and ninety the two main dining halls they're not letting or from what I could tell they weren't letting kids sit down and eat in the cafeterias they had like just you know mile high stacks of to go boxes for kids to grab and then get their food and head out and I want you I mean but they. They provide a lot of, like, in these pavilion, like, white tent areas. There's a couple right outside the student center. You could go eat, relax in between classes, do your homework, you know, whatever. Um, and they had a few others down near the Woodland Glens, you know, just throughout campus. They had these little, like, pavilion-style hangout spots for kids. And rather than, you know, because kids are going to hang out and need somewhere to sit, do homework, and just kill time in between class. And... Obviously, doing that indoors isn't as ideal, and letting them giving them a space outdoors is, I think, a good idea. Um, I don't know how that go. I don't know how that'll that'll fly going into the winter, or because it, it it gets way too freezing to even remotely be outside. Your computer would probably lock up if you stayed outside in Lexington, Kentucky, in the middle of January. Um, but for now, it's 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 a it's a good option. Um, and then, okay, I guess switching gears in terms of just overall. Um, how the universities dealt with the pandemic and the numbers. I, I really commend them for testing every student. You know, you've seen a couple of these other colleges across the country, North Carolina, Michigan State, um, Notre Dame, name to name a few. Uh, they haven't required their all, they didn't require all of their students to be tested upon their return, which when you think that, wait, they, they and that's something Kentucky did, but these schools didn't and still had numbers high enough that, they, they were so concerned that they decided to cancel in-person classes, some of them, and I think in Notre Dame's case, they canceled them for two weeks, and that might have been on Michigan State did it too. I can't um, exactly remember, uh, but that was that was kind of alarming because I was like, dang, like, 
they had like a less total number of positive cases than we have right now when they canceled. But you got to factor in the fact that they only tested 900 students or whatever. And that's something that has really gotten uh, misconstrued by by some folks across the, I guess, the journalism the journalism world. And I've, I've kind of been alarmed because, you know, they'll post a number like, so Alabama is another school that required all of its students to be tested. And when they all came back to, they all when they all descended upon campus, uh, they had a positivity rate of less than one. And then uh, a reporter from Alabama released this week that, okay, the, the initial rounds of tests was, the positivity rate was less than one. And then he was like, well, in the second round of testing, the positivity rate was 29%. And people freaked out. They were like, wait a minute, they can close campus, all this. But I thought an important detail that was left out, the initial testing included 75,000 plus students or, or students, faculty, whatever. Is, is the number they listed in the story. And the second round was like 900 because you're not going to go get tested again necessarily unless you really think that you have it or have been directly around someone that does have it, um, you know. So I, th- I thought that was a really important detail left out. And that's something that if we're going to go by positivity rates and that's how we're going to report these things, I, I feel like you need to include the total number every time because having tens of thousands of students and only be 1% is actually more than – you know, 29% of, of less than a 1,000 or, or, or a much, much smaller number just in general. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Kentucky has actually been on the forefront of the testing. You know, I went, I went and got the test a week ago. They, they stabbed that little, like, globe-sized Q-tip up your nose, and it, it, it isn't pleasant, but it after five seconds, you're done, your eyes are watering, and you're walking away, so it's not too bad. Um and then, yeah, I tested negative. A um, few people I know tested positive. Uh, and this, I guess, gets to a, a pretty big arguing point, sticking point this week. Um, every person I know that's tested positive is either lives in a house with a bunch of people in a fraternity or sorority or is just in one themselves. And this week, uh, the Kentucky Colonel reported that Eli Capaluto was going to make uh, all FSL students, so fraternity and sorority life, all FSL students <clears throat> take a second test after um, learning that their pos- that the positivity rate among FSL students was triple, over triple the rate of the average student, which um, which was about 3% compared to a little under 1% now, or I think it's just climbed over 1% positivity rate because of uh, you got students getting tested a second time and obviously it's more high, at higher risk students it's not just the whole general population so I'd expect that positivity rate to go up although the, the the number of people tested and the raw number probably won't jump as high as it did when people came back onto campus um so yeah but then the, the, the Greek life kids are, are real upset about this one friend of mine said it was uh, rigged which I was like oh boy this is uh, yeah well we're, we're in trouble um and to me they're they're probably gonna decide whether we're able to stay on campus or not um it seems like some of my teachers are aren't very optimistic we'll be here for a really long time maybe a few weeks i think um my one of my other uh teachers had said um and it's it yeah i'll say i I spoke earlier about the on campus and i think on campus is safe uh unless these freshmen are just throwing down in the dorms, which it's going to be difficult to do because they're not allowing guests even until, like, September. And even then, like, you got to limit that stuff. Um, so the, the off-campus partying is going to dictate whether or not we have probably a full fall semester. Maybe we just won't anyway. Maybe there will be a second wave or, or what have you. Um, 
but no, and then obviously Greek life's a huge part of that, you know, I just personally, friends I know, like, they just don't really care, my, my one, one friend I know from grade school and roomed with him last year, he tested positive, and, and from what my one friend's, from what another friend of mine, roommate of mine, ex-roommate of mine said, he was like, yeah, him and, his name was Will, he's like, yeah, Will and, and my other friend Lee, it's like, they, Will tested positive, but him and Lee have just been, you know, hitting the, hitting a bong together, I was like, oh, this is just, this is just beautiful decision-making, the exact type that's going to lead to us um, being sent back home, but, you know, I'm not too concerned, I got off-campus housing, <laughs> um, so, yeah, just stupid, silly, silly decision-making like that is, um, off-campus is really what's going to do us things, on-campus, all the regulations are, I thought they were followed well, especially indoors, which I think is really all you can ask for. If students are walking around outside, I mean, they're not usually in big, from what I can tell, I haven't seen a ton of big groups walking around. So if you're going to be outside, people are pretty spaced out. You want to take your mask off for a few seconds. I mean, you probably, it's probably better you don't, but I'm not going to, I don't think it's a huge ordeal if you do. I think the bigger issue is, is, is associations like, like having CSF type events, like the luau they had last week where there was... There's masks, a little, but people weren't wearing them. Some some people, no distancing at all. Crowd of like a hundred plus. Like, come on, that's a, that's an on campus organization. And the uni- that, that that's one place where I think you can criticize the university because it's kind of puzzling that they wouldn't have sup- that they wouldn't have university supervision there, at at the C- at CSF, which is technically I think an on campus organization. Um, so that was a little strange. But then you're definitely having those type of gatherings off campus, and it's not just the FSL people but that's the main that's the main proprietors of it i mean i'll just be honest like i just i you just i know from from uh other fellow classmates you know they'll post on social media and it's like oh you're at a party with 20 30 50 60 people and it's obvious nobody gives a darn in the world about distancing or or mask wearing which i mean i'm not everybody's gonna bend these rules in a certain way to the, to fit themselves and and you just got to accept that that's going to happen but but just blatantly going out with 30 plus people in in a crowded room just droplets all over the place sweating on each other no masks getting getting other people's you know spit shrapnel all over you yeah that's just, that's going to lead to more cases and a higher rise um so yeah that's really my that's really my big concern going forward is the off campus stuff which they're going to try to patrol Although I don't think their their rule about a hey, will will academically punish you and maybe suspend or suspend you is that 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 come on we shouldn't be doing that but um no they sh- the the cops should be breaking up any parties like that and they I think that I read they've broken up a good number already um so yeah I, I hope we can keep those down but on campus I, everything seems to be going fine so um I'd say overall it's just I, the first week I think went pretty smoothly I'm someone who has a lot more in person classes than most. Um, and I prefer it that way, um, just cause I, I, I can't stay and sit in front of a computer for more than 15 minutes, um, without just losing my mind. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say it was a successful week around, around campus. You know, I don't think the numbers, I think I was writing for KSR yesterday. They had, uh, we have less than 300 total cases out of over 20,000 tested and we're getting into those second round of testing, especially for the, I guess we'll see what the FSL kids this coming week. That'll be interesting to monitor because now they've had a week to spread it to each other, I suppose. Um, but no, yeah, overall I thought, I thought campus was really prepared. 
in terms of safety, the dorms, I checked out freshman move-in a week ago. That was, everything was moving smoothly there, you know. It seems like they can maintain distancing aside from your roommates pretty easily. Um, and then just around campus, people are cognizant of the virus, you know, pay respect to it. Uh, or not pay respect, yeah, whatever. Respect it. <laughs> um, the gym is a little, is a little concerning because just how many people are there. But after the first couple days when all the freshmen who think they're going to go to the gym stop going, then it gets a little better. And in the JC, they had all the machines. They had a lot of the machines spaced out on the basketball court, which I thought was a good idea given that, uh, so devastatingly, we can't play basketball right now. Um, so yeah, no, I thought Kentucky did a good job. I'm curious to see how the off-campus stuff and the FSL numbers proceed this week, and whether there or whether there's any other uh, campus-related groups that have get-togethers that end up having to break out. Um, but no, um, I'd say it's a successful week. I'm a little bit more positive than some of my teachers. It seems like that we'll be in in-person class for a little bit. Um, but no, I'm just hoping we're around for a while. So uh, I guess that's it for the first episode of the Corona virus podcast on about university of kentucky all right i'll see you later